It is our privilege tonight to have Reverend Dr. Tina Patamber bring the message. As many of you know, she is the minister of our Solid Rock Community Church of the Nazarene in what city? Richmond Hill. Richmond Hill. And uh, she, she was a wonderful part of our congregation from when she was a little girl. And we thank the Lord for you, Pastor Tina. Yes. Blessings <laughs> on you. Thank you. I was going to ask, uh, Dorothy, did you pick the songs tonight? Because yeah. uh, you picked a lot of songs about the rock. So I was just wondering if that was intentional. Because <laughs> um, our, our church name is Solid Rock Community Church of the Nazarene. So I thought that was interesting. God is already speaking. That's right, the Holy Spirit, right? Um, the title of the sermon tonight is When God Comes Through. And if you have your Bibles, we're going to be looking at Daniel chapter 2, verses 1 to 23. I know Pastor Nick's been doing an amazing series, right, Pastor Nick? An amazing series on Daniel chapter 6. So I assure you there won't be any repetition. This is a different uh, chapter in the book. We're looking at Daniel 2, verses 1 to 23. If you have your Bibles, please turn to that. Everybody's ready for the word? Amen. Good. <laughs> this is what the word of God says in Daniel chapter 2. In the second year of his reign, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams. His mind was troubled and he could not sleep. So the king summoned the magicians, enchanters, sorcerers, astrologers to tell them what he had dreamed. When they came in and stood before the king, he said to them, I've had a dream. That troubles me, and I want to know what it means. Then the astrologers answered the king in Aramaic, O king, live forever. Tell your servants the dream, and we will interpret. The king replied to the astrologers, This is what I have firmly decided. If you do not tell me what my dream was and interpret it, I will have you cut into pieces and your houses turned into piles of rubble. But if you tell me what the dream is and explain it, you will receive from me gifts and rewards and great honor. So tell me the dream and interpret for me. Once more they replied, let the king tell his servants the dream and we will interpret it. Then the king answered, I am certain that you're trying to gain time because you realize that this is what I have firmly decided. If you do not tell me the dream, there is just one penalty for you. You have conspired to tell me misleading and wicked things, hoping the situation will change. So then tell me the dream, and I will know that you can interpret it for me. Verse 10, the astrologers answered the king, There is not a man on earth who can do what the king asks. No king, however great and mighty, has ever asked such a thing of any musician or enchanter or astrologer. What the king asks is too difficult. No one can reveal it to the king except the gods, and they do not live among men. This made the king so angry and fierce that he ordered the execution of all the wise men of Babylon. So the decree was set, issued to put the wise men to death, and men were sent to look for Daniel and his friends to put them to death as well. When Arioch, the a commander of the king's guard, had gone out to put to death the wise men of Babylon, Daniel spoke to him in, with wisdom and tact. He asked the king's officer, why did the king issue such a harsh decree? And Arioch then explained the matter to Daniel. At this, Daniel went to the king and asked for time so that he might interpret the dream for him. Then Daniel returned to the house and explained the matter to his friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. He urged them to plead for mercy from the God of heaven concerning this mystery so that he and his friends might not be executed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. During the night, the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision. Then Daniel praised God of heaven and said, 
Praise be the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are his. He changes times and season. He sets up kings and deposes them. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness and light dwells with him. I thank and praise you, O God of my fathers. You have given me wisdom and power. You have made known to me what you have asked of you, and you have made known to us the dream of the king. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that this is your word. It has been read, and now, Lord, we pray as we have read your word, heard your word, now we are asking, Lord, that you will allow us to understand your word and apply it to our lives. There is not, there's no good in just hearing a word and not applying it to our lives. James says that we need to hear the word and then do the word. So, Lord, we help us to, to, do, to be practical and not to let these words fall on our ears and not do anything with it, but to take the truth seriously and then to apply it to our life so that we can see change, we can see movement, and we can see that your glory will be manifested, God. So we pray in the name of Jesus that you be with us now. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm sure as Pastor Nick has been explaining in this book that this story takes place in a time when the Jewish people, the people of God, are in captivity. Just a little bit of history. The Israelites were enslaved to, enslaved to the Egyptians, and then God sent Moses and took them out, out of captivity. They were free. They were being led by Moses. And then after Moses was Joshua, and after Joshua passed away, there was a time where they didn't really have any leaders and then there was a time when they finally did get a leader named King Saul, then King David, and then there was a whole bunch of other kings after those two prominent kings. And after that time, God kept warning the, the Israelites, you need to obey the word. You need to be listening. You need to be following the ways of God. Don't have any other idols before me. That was one of his instructions in the Ten Commandments and other things that we know about in the Bible. And yet, the Israelites didn't listen to God, they kept indulging in sin. And as a result of this, God warned them through the prophets that they were going to have a time of captivity. And this is what's happened. The Israelites are now taken into captivity by the Babylonian um, people. And they have lost their land, their home, their sense of self, and they're now under the control of King Nebuchadnezzar. This is because of their sin. This is why they're under captivity. And I want to stress tonight as one of the things to think about is that we need to realize that sin has that kind of power in our life. If sin is left unchecked, if we just think that we can just walk in this life and do what we want and think there's no consequences, the truth of the matter is there is always going to be a consequence to sin. And when sin piles up and sin has continued to be deep in our life, it can hold us captive. It can hold us in bondage just like the Israelites. And so because of this, they now were being punished for their sin. The Bible talks about during this time that there was a man named Daniel. And when Daniel was taken into captivity with the Jewish people, he was a young man at the time. You will read in the book of Daniel that he actually serves in the government for over 60 years during King Nebuchadnezzar, Belshazzar, Darius, and King Cyrus. And uh, like I said before, he was a young man when he was taken into captivity. One of the gifts that Daniel had was he had the ability to uh, uh, have dreams and interpret them. He was also a very wise person. And uh, later on, he becomes one of the top administrators in the Persian Empire. 
So, as I said before, Daniel was a Jew and he's uh, in, in this time. And now we read in this chapter 2 that King Nebuchadnezzar is having dreams. And the dreams were actually, um, back in that time, they believed that dreams were messages from the gods. G-O-D-S, little g, okay? And they would have men, they call them wise men, but they had uh, other words for them. You'll see later on as we read uh, the scripture here. That these men, that what they did for a living was they worked to interpret the dreams. That was what they were supposed to do. And in this story, God actually sent Nebuchadnezzar a series of dreams. And dreams is one way that God can speak to people in the, we'll know, in the Old Testament and in the New Testament and even today. In the Bible, God spoke to different people in dreams. For example, Jacob in Genesis 28, Joseph, Genesis 35, Pharaoh's cupbearer and baker, Genesis 40, Pharaoh, Genesis 41, Solomon, 1 Kings 3, and Joseph in the New Testament, Matthew chapter 1, verses 20 to 24. How many of you have ever had a dream? Okay, how many of you remember your dreams? Sometimes it's hard, right? Yeah, one of the things we should do is if you... Now, I just want to be clear. Some dreams, some dreams are to do with things that might be happening in our life, and so we're responding in an emotional way. The, the dream may not make sense. But sometimes God could be talking to us in a dream, so it's really important that you take the time to maybe write down the dream and to pray about it and think about what God might be saying to you. Nebuchadnezzar wanted to know what the dream was and the interpretation. And he might be saying to the men there, can you please... Tell me the interpretation. Notice he didn't say can you, that he didn't reveal the details of the dream. Scholars think that it's because he didn't remember the details of the dream. And how many of you have done that, where you've had a dream and you woke up and you're like, I had a dream, but I don't remember the details, right? Well, Nebuchadnezzar was having the same problem. And in the Bible, it says in uh, chapter 2, verse 1, in the second year of his reign, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams, his mind was troubled, and he could not sleep. And so these dreams were causing him to have trouble in his mind, and he could not sleep. And by the way, I don't know if you noticed, but Pastor Yanni actually used those same words in the prayer time today, which tells you that God is already here. And this is number one today. There will be things in life that will trouble you. Now, we may not re relate to Nebuchadnezzar on this level. Maybe your dreams are not troubling you. But is there something in your life right now that is causing you to be troubled? Is there something that you're facing right now that has been giving you a hard time to fall asleep at night? That that's why you're so troubled, because your mind is troubled, just like Nebuchadnezzar. How do you know you're troubled? Well, one sign is you can't sleep at night, or another is you feel physically drained. You are troubled maybe if you're feeling emotionally distraught. Maybe you're feeling spiritually disconnected, like you're here in church, but you're not really here. That can be a sign. Maybe you are struggling with things like eating or uh, focusing at work. And on a deeper sense, if we're troubled, maybe we're feeling depressed, angry, anxious, worried. Our mind is a very powerful thing, and, and it can affect our behavior and our thoughts. And tonight, I want you to think about this. Are you going through a situation that is causing you trouble. For Nebuchadnezzar, it was he was having these dreams and he didn't understand. And the Bible tells us, how does he respond to this trouble? And how do you respond to your trouble? Verse 2 says, he decides to bring 
the magicians, enchanters, sorcerers, astrologers to tell him what he had dreamed. And when they came in, he stood before the king. They stood before the king and he said to them, I've had a dream that troubles me and I want to know what it means. <coughs> Excuse me. So Nebuchadnezzar asked these magicians and enchanters and sorcerers and astrologers to interpret the dream. And asking them to do this was not a big deal because this is what they did for a living. They got paid to do this, all right? Um, they would contact the gods, so to speak, and get information in the spiritual realm. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Pastor Nick, but basically these magicians, enchanters, and sorcerers, and astrologers, what they did was really they were talking to the dark powers that we believe that are um, following Satan and what he does, those spirits. And um, today we would maybe equate them to people like psychics, um, palm readers, horoscopes, um, things like that. And so really, as uh, believers in God, we don't go to those sources for help, but this is what they believed, and for them it culturally was acceptable. The Bible says that um, Nebuchadnezzar says to them, if you don't give me an answer, you're going to be executed. Now, for us, this is a very harsh penalty, but this behavior was very common among historical Eastern kings. So the men tell Nebuchadnezzar, we can't answer you, only the gods can. And this is what verse 10 says. They says, there's no one on earth who can do what the king asks. No king, however great and mighty, has ever asked such of any musician or enchanter or astrologer. What the king asks us to do is too difficult. No one can reveal to the king except the gods, and they do not live among humans. Now, what they were really saying is that we don't know the answer because the gods are limited, but yet they kept going to these gods and saying information to the king. Whether it be real or imagined information, we are not sure. But that they're saying to King Nebuchadnezzar, we cannot give you this information because we are limited and the gods don't live among the men. Now think about that when you, just think about that for a moment. If, you're, if you were an astrologer, then why would you even bother having that job? if that information is not privy to you. And this is number two today when you think about God's word. When you are in trouble, we need to go to the right source. Amen? Amen. Nebuchadnezzar needed an answer, and he went to the people for help. But this kind of help could not be answered by people. And the same with us. When you're facing a situation that is hard or you don't understand, we cannot expect answers to come from people, places, things, money. But this is only a thing that God can do. Amen? So why do we go to people and places when we are in trouble? And I'm not saying it's wrong to go to people for help. You know, if your car is not working, of course, you want to call somebody to help you. I'm not saying that's a problem uh, necessarily. But what I'm saying is there are some situations in life that can only actually be handled by God. Amen. Amen. And so why do we expect supernatural answers from natural things like people and places. Perhaps it's the way we were raised or maybe uh, our walk with God is new because I know that when we're growing up, a lot of times we see how our parents model how to handle uh, a situation or a crisis and we've learned from, from our parents or the people around us. And so sometimes out of habit, we just run to people, run to a book, run to the internet, run to whatever, and we're not running to God. And this is how we've always handled our situation. But there are many things in life that actually can only be handled by God. 
Only God himself can actually fix the problem. Are you going to the right source? This is what I want to say tonight. Are you going to the right source? Are you seeking God for an answer? Or do you normally contact people or read a book or listen to material to help you resolve your problem? Now, the Bible tells us that Nebuchadnezzar wants all the men dead because they could not answer him. And this included Daniel and his friends. Now, why was Daniel and his friends included? Well, if you read in chapter 1 of, of Daniel, you will read that they were included in the list of wise men. And so now, Nebuchadnezzar wants all the wise men dead. So Daniel and his friends are included in this. They're going to die because no one can interpret this dream. And I want you to realize in this, in this chapter how Daniel handles his situation versus Nebuchadnezzar. At this point, Daniel goes to the, to, to the commander and with wisdom and tact and says, you know, why did the king issue such a harsh law or a decree? And the king explains what's, what's going on. And the Bible says in verse 16, at this, Daniel went to the king and asked for time so that he might interpret the dream for him. And this is number three, realize that the answer to your situation needs time. Now, you might be thinking this evening that Daniel asked for time because he was trying to stall for his life. But actually, Daniel was asking for time because he realized that he needs to listen to God and wait for an answer. Amen? Amen. And the same with us. We may not like the situation we're going through, but can we be like Daniel? Rather than getting uptight about what's going on or uh, dealing with the crisis in, in a negative way, can we remain calm like Daniel? And can we be like Daniel and go to God who is the right source? Amen. And then wait for an answer. In a culture that likes things right away, this will require discipline. Do we have the discipline to sit before God? and wait for an answer and let God answer our concerns. Do we have the patience knowing that some answers don't just come right away? Do we have the sensitivity to say, I need to hear from God before I move forward with this concern? And then do we have the faith to believe that God is actually concerned about our trouble? For Daniel, it was, I need an answer, and I need to hear from God. When, uh, when uh, Rosewood Church had asked me about possibly going to Richmond Hill for the church plant option, I didn't give them an answer right away. I told Pastor Nick that I needed time to pray and think about it. Amen. And then Rosewood Church sent me down to Kansas City to do what's called an assessment, and I went there in faith and obedience and they did, uh, I had like three, four days there, and they were assessing me and checking all these different things. And then the report came back, and still I was waiting for confirmation from God. And then when I came back a week later, God confirmed for me that I needed to move forward. You see, sometimes we have to be like Daniel and realize that when we have troubling matters in our life or things that we're not sure about, that it needs time, and we need to sit before God and wait for an answer. Amen? Amen? Amen. Now, do you take the time to hear from God about important matters in your life? Things like marriage, kids, money, your spiritual walk, your health, your job, your life. Do you take the time and go before God and say, Lord, 
I need direction in this matter. I need help in this matter. I need wisdom in this matter. I need counsel in this matter. Here's what happens in the story. Verse 17, then Daniel returned to his house, explained the matter to his friends. And then he urged them to plead for mercy from the God of heaven concerning this mystery so that he and his friends might not be executed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. And this is number four today when we're dealing with life matters. Find people to pray with and plead with God. This was a life and death situation. They were going to die. And when you're faced with this kind of situation, how do you respond? What is your course of action? Daniel and, their, and his friends understood that we need a breakthrough, like sooner than later. And they also realized that, that they needed a supernatural answer by a supernatural God. And that the only God could give them this information, which was to reveal the dream and the interpretation. Remember now, King Nebuchadnezzar doesn't remember the dream, so that's one, one part of it, and then he needs an interpretation of the dream. And what we learn from Daniel and his friends, that in order to win, and this is very important tonight, in order to win spiritual battles in our life, this was a spiritual matter, because they were going to die. In order to win spiritual battles in our life, they have to be won by spiritual weapons, amen? amen. Not by the weapons of the world. 2 Corinthians 10, 3, 5 says the following. Paul writes, for though we live, or says, we live in the world, we do not wage war, war, wage war, war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they, the spiritual weapons, have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish every argument, every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. What are the spiritual weapons that we use as Christians to fight our battles? They are love, prayer, Holy Spirit, God's word, hope, and faith. Those are the spiritual weapons. Spiritual weapons are not arguing with people or manipulating somebody or trying to manipulate a situation with money or violence or talking to demonic powers or uh, watching a movie or reading a book or being entertained. These are not spiritual weapons. These are things that we do in the natural world. And these are natural ways to fight, but a spiritual fight requires spiritual weapons, amen? We have to realize that a lot of the things that we are going through is actually spiritual. So we have to exercise the spiritual weapons that God talks about or gives to us in Ephesians chapter 6. And if we're not exercising our spiritual weapons, we're not going to win. We're going to lose. We're going to feel defeated. And in order to win a spiritual battle, we have to use our spiritual weapons. Are we using our spiritual weapons to see a breakthrough in our life? The other thing you'll notice in this passage is that Daniel didn't do this alone. He found his three friends who are also believers in God, and he said, we need to pray. We need to pray as a group. And there's just something about two, three, four, or the church praying that creates power from God to see a breakthrough. Amen? Amen. Amen. And so, you know, as we talk about, you know, prayer, prayer with God 101 is powerful, but prayer in numbers, now we're talking. Now we're in business, amen? amen? And so do you have one, two, three people in your life that you can pray to see a breakthrough in your life? Um, you know, on a serious, serious note, the reason that there are some things in our life that are not going well, it's because we're not exercising our spiritual weapons. We're not maybe praying, and we're not praying in groups. 
And if we want to fight our battles on natural terms, expecting supernatural answers, God is not going to show up because he's already shown us in his word that we need to fight with our spiritual weapons. And so we need to fight our spiritual battles with spiritual weapons. It's like this. If you have a car, many of us know that in order for the car to sort of uh, move, you need gas in the car, right? And sometimes what we're doing, instead of uh, driving the car with gas, maybe we're trying to push it with our hands or maybe we get a tow truck and move it. And that's all hard and that takes time. And sometimes we're fighting our spiritual uh, situations or spiritual battles like that. We're trying to do uh, what only God can do through spiritual weapons, but we're trying to do it in, on natural terms. And the same in our spiritual life. Spiritual battles like healing, provision, people coming to Jesus, the church growing, peace in our world, violence decrease are only won by spiritual weapons. Amen? Amen. And so the, only, the reason why we're in the mess that we're in, is it possible that we just are not taking the time to exercise our spiritual weapons, which is love, prayer, Holy Spirit, God's word, hope, and faith. Once you and I exercise our spiritual weapons, we will see movement, amen? And so if you want to see movement in your life, you, need, you and I need to exercise our spiritual weapons. This week I made a decision that I needed to increase my time of prayer and reading of God's word, and this is what I'm doing. Um, just like you, I need to see some things in my life changed, moved, to see a momentum. And so I've decided to up my spiritual game. What about you? This is what we're doing. I have a friend, her and I are waking up 6 o'clock in the morning. We text each other. We're doing this for 40 days. This is day five. And um, the first two days, uh, I struggled to, to, to get to the same time as her. She would text me first. And uh, I would get the text, and then I'd, I'd be like, oh, I need to get up just like her, right? And then by day two, I was like, you know what? I'm a very competitive person, and I like to win. So I'm like, the third day, I'm like, I, I, the, the, the second day at the night, we were talking, and I said, oh, don't worry. Day three is coming, and I'm going to be the first to text you. I set my alarm for 5.55, five minutes before her, right? And then 5.55 came the next day, woke up, texted her, and I said, I am up. I am ready. And so her and I are doing our devotional separately, and then we come together and pray. Why are we doing this? Because we want to see a breakthrough. We want to see change. We want to see movement. And I believe that you want to see the same thing too. So I am encouraging you today, find somebody to do this with or find somebody in your life that can hold you accountable. Why is it good to have a partner or partners to pray with? Because when we do it on our own sometimes, we will lose the discipline. But if there's an accountability partner, right, is an accountability partner, then you are most likely to succeed. It's just like exercising, right? They say to do it with somebody because otherwise you're going to end up eating that ice cream when you walk past the McDonald's, right? So finally, here in the Word of God says, during the night, the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision. Then Daniel praised the God of heaven and said, praise be the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are his. He changes times and seasons. He deposes kings and raises up others. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness and light dwells with him. Daniel says, I thank and praise you, God of my ancestors. You have given me wisdom and power. You have made known to me what was asked of you. And you have made known to us the dream of the king. And uh, 
verse 19 says that during the night as they were praying and pleading with God, the mystery was revealed. Amen? Number five is praise God and give him credit for the answer. Amen? God answered Daniel in a vision. And before he went to Arioch, he took the time. This is so key. He took the time to praise God for the answer. Do we have the same sensitivity? That when God answers us, do we take the time to praise the Lord? That we take the time to acknowledge that God is God and that he is the one that hears us and answers us. Amen? Why is this important? In the Bible, so many people did this. Remember when Hannah was told that she was going to have a baby? She praised God. Remember when Moses and the Israelites, they, they defeated the Egyptians? Miriam took her tambourine and she, they praised God. Remember when the Ark of the Covenant was being returned? David praised God. Remember when Mary was told that she was going to be the mother of Jesus? She praised God. And do you remember when Hezekiah was told that he was going to die? He said to God, who is going to praise God from the grave? And God extended his years 15 years. Praise is a powerful spiritual weapon. Amen? Amen. Amen? And what about you? When something good happens in your life, something impossible, do you take the time to stop and praise God? You know, sometimes in our excitement and in, in, our, in our enthusiasm, we run to find people to tell them what, the good news because we're excited, and that's, that's fine. But who do we praise first? Who do we say um, deserves all the glory and all the honor. Or sometimes we do this, you know, we're so excited that we go to social media and post it on social media so that everyone can see what's going on. And rather than God getting the praise, we want to praise ourselves. Do we praise God like Daniel and praise him first? Amen. Amen. Or are we so busy going around bragging about all the things that God is doing, but we forget to say who's really the one to be praised. We learn from Daniel to take the time to praise God and give credit. And you know why this is so important? Because an attitude of thankfulness and an attitude of praise is so key in the Christian life. God does not want us to grumble. He does not want us to complain. He wants us to praise him. Think about the story when Jesus was with the, with the thousands of people and he wanted, the, he wanted the disciples to feed the, the people. They took the lunch of the little boy. And the first thing that Jesus said, he gave thanks and broke the bread and the fish. And then a miracle happened. Thousands of people were able to eat. Why? One of the main, main things there is that God, Jesus gave thanks to God for the food. And when Lazarus died, and it's four days later, and Jesus came, and everybody was grieving, and everyone was mourning, and Mary said, if you had been here, God, he would have been raised, and on and on it went, and Jesus went in front of that tomb, and he said to God, I thank you, Father, for what you are going to do. And when this happened, he called Lazarus' name, and Lazarus came out alive. An attitude of thankfulness and an attitude of praise is really key in our walk with God. Amen. Are we giving God credit for the things that he is doing? Because in this story, God came through for his, for his people. And when he comes through for you and me, we need to praise the Lord. Amen? Yeah. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time together. We thank you for this word. 
And we pray, Lord, that as um, we learn from the person of Daniel, what's amazing about Daniel is that no matter what was happening in his life or culture, he still was a solid believer in God. He did not let the culture affect him. He affected the culture. Amen. And because of this God, we can learn from him. And he was in a hard situation. But he didn't let that stop him. He went to the God who is able to answer. And this evening, Lord, I know that there are some of us who are facing some very challenging situations. Situations that are difficult in, our, in, in a marriage or, or working with a child or a health problem or a sickness God or um, a, a work problem God. Maybe there's somebody here who doesn't even know how they're going to pay their next bill. They don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And Lord, we pray that we will be like these men that pleaded with God, pleaded with God for an answer. And we're so thankful, Lord, that God, you responded. And so just how you responded to these men, we pray, God, that you will respond to us, that you will reveal the answer and that you, that we won't have to sleep with trouble tonight, but have peace in our hearts. And that you will give us ease, and that you will give us encouragement, and that you will help us to know that you want to answer our concerns. Amen. And Lord, we also pray that you help us to give you the praise when good things happen in our life. Help us to stop and to pause and to say that God is good that God is working, and that God sees everything and he is answering our prayers. Lord, we want to pray that you help us not to have this attitude of things in my life are going the way they're going because this is what I accomplished. This is what I'm doing. This is the hard work I am doing. Lord, help us to remind us that we need to be totally dependent on the Lord. Amen. And then tonight, Lord, we also pray that if there is someone here who has not yet received Jesus as their Lord and Savior, we do pray that the first step in having an intimate relationship with the Father is through the Son, Jesus Christ, Amen. who came to this world, who came as a baby, became a man, and died for our sins, died for our, our wrong things that we have done, died for our, our sins and all the things that have been disobedient to you, Lord and then rose on the third day, just like you said. And because of the death and resurrection of Jesus, and because of the body that was broken and the blood that was shed, we now have new life in Christ. Our prayer tonight is that if someone has not received or placed their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, that tonight they would make that step and say, I want to be a believer in God, and I want to be a believer in Jesus Christ, and I want to walk in the ways of God. May it be so, Lord, that this is the prayer that you hear from us, and may you answer. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen.